I've often wondered what it feels like to be called to say just to love you. And wouldn't that be a nice phone call, I would have thought. Um, I thought that was going to be a gag because you said I wondered. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, it's like a passive-aggressive comment on my part now. I'd love to be called to just say that. <laughs> no, no, as in, as in Stevie Wonder. Oh, oh, that's just oh I wonder, that's just yeah. Gag. I wonder, oh, yeah. <laughs> God, he, he's so good, I didn't recognise what he was doing. <laughs> Why I'm here. Anyway, welcome along to Bentley Sounds. as a typical uh, false start <laughs> that we always do on this show. Um, welcome along. This is our. If this is your first time listening, we have from 12 till 2 p.m. every second Friday and fourth Friday of the month, um, talking all about mental health. Um, so the disclaimer at the beginning of the show is that we essentially will be talking about taboo subjects. Um, you know, and and just you know, potentially trying to um, get rid of the fence that is up in relation to mental health, um, and you know, getting rid of them barriers, kind of talking about things open and honestly. So the disclaimer at the front is that if that, but I often say if it makes you feel uncomfortable, that's kind of the point. Um, is that it's about raising awareness and sort of um, let, and you know, seek, seek you know, the appropriate help. Yes, yeah. and we obviously signpost a whole yeah. bunch of organisations um, throughout the show, so um, it, it's varied. Um, we've got some music lined up today as well, which I'm excited about. I always love live music being played in the studio, which is excellent news. Um, I've got some news of my own, which um, you know you've been talking about two weeks ago. But before we get into that, um, just in relation to who's coming up in the show, because I think that's a good way of starting, um, letting you know over the next two hours. So we have Alice who's waiting patiently. She's here from uh, Changing Lives who were on the show last, I think it was, was it James, I believe he was called, yeah. Um, and yeah, he was talking about them, just sort of what Changing Lives does in terms of mental health. But yeah, Alice is here to talk about the reverse advent calendar campaign, uh, which sounds fascinating. Interested to hear about that. Um, Graham from Down by the River and um, Bino from RT Projects, which we actually don't know what RT means. Um, so that's going to be one of our we'll obvious questions. Out, yeah. We'll soon find out. And Steve, who is a musician, who, as I said, who's going to play some live music for us. Which always goes down well. Um, I thought the last uh, guest we had, who I Simon, Simon, Simon Taylor, yeah, yes, he was really good. I really, I, I remember like listening to him and I get comatose. I started to feel really like you know, I'm like, oh, I just I want to sleep now in a good way and like you know, <laughs> felt, felt very therapeutic. Um, his way of playing. Uh, we also have Dan Flanagan, who's the founder of Dad Last Soul, a new initiative for dads and their kids, um, encouraging to be more interaction, to beat loneliness, which is obviously interesting, being that it's about children. Um, he's a phone interview about just after quarter past, so probably after mental health news. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Heather Pringle, who is a monitoring and develop officer for Northumberland Domestic Abuse Services, who we've had on the show before. Yep. Um, unfortunately, they may have to close their service, um, so it's an urgent appeal to to help them, mm-hmm. you know, raise some money to keep that going which having said that I remember that interview we did with them mm-hmm. um, and how important that is you know because they basically they get refu- they get referred to by GPs and mm-hmm. um, their project helps people obviously who are in a domestic abuse situation and they do some amazing work so hopefully mm-hmm. we can help them and um, get the support and uh, money that they so need um, and yeah so that's a very very packed show again huge thank you to Ricky for being an awesome booker because as my news is my baby's been born since we were last on the on the show, so um, I would never have been able to book any guests at all. Uh, <laughs> never mind, stay awake. Well, uh, you were waiting for <laughs> a guest of your own, technically. You? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like I had the ultimate guest uh, enter my world. <laughs> <laughs> She's not a guest though. She's mm. welcome to my house. <laughs> um, but yes, a guest who never leaves. That's an interesting um, uh, situation. But yeah, so um, exciting times. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And. Uh, 
I've had, I've had messages of congrats from associates and affiliates who want to pass on their yeah, congrats. Yeah, I have. Uh, it was really nice as well. And yeah, obviously Healy did a social media thing that um, got some nice people there answering back. Um, I know Steve O'Driscoll, for example, used to be on here. I uh, said congratulations, so he's listening. A huge thank you to him. Um, yeah, and it's um, it's a quick shout out. The, the the ladies from Back to Balance, uh, I relayed the news to them, and they oh, were like, oh, fantastic! Yeah, please, well, and uh, awesome. the the people at down to the Blade and Shed, which we're going to go down to. Soon. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah they, yeah, they also passed on there. Congrats. But yeah, um, yeah. So um, it's funny because when I go, her name is Luna. I want to go. She was a showgirl. I don't know why. <laughs> it just sounds like that's what I want to say. Yeah. Um, every time I've said it, people say, "Our name is Luna." Um, and I, I, a lot of songs enter your head when you start talking about. But um, yeah, so um, people seem to like the name, which is really uh, happy about because. And then we found out, which apparently is typical when you name babies, is that they're in the top ten. They're they're always in like the top ten. Um, list of I think they're like yeah, I don't I was know quite what, surprised yeah. that when you told me because it's quite yeah you, but then we go for as long as she's not like um, the only Luna in our area or something there's really only you can really oh, I'm sure for. there's only one wall in um, yes and we also um, and we also <laughs> we basically just went we don't want to pick a name where you can get a card easily with a person's name yeah. on that was our go to like we don't yeah. want it to be that common yeah. um, so there you go so um, so I'm pr- yeah because. Um, it's one of them things where you're kind of worried that like people are going to go Luna. That's a weird name, but then people seem to really like it. So, um, also as well, a thing that I I feel like I lost some nerd points because I didn't think of this at the time, but I obviously went, oh yeah, of course. We went, I can't think of any Lunas, and I have had a few people come up to me going, Luna Lovegood from Harry Potter. Mm. And I went, did you name him after her? And I was like, no, considering I even thought about that, <laughs> I thought about that character before I named her. So. So anyway, so before we get to our Haitian guest who's waiting nicely to talk about changing lives and the project they're doing, um, how are you, Ricky? Because obviously you've just mentioned about my my personal Not life to a huge change. How are you feeling? Okay, yeah. I've had, uh, you get you up and down days, but the last few days have been all right. Mm-hmm. I had a really good weekend um, last last weekend, actually, which uh, is relevant to the show in some ways. Um, so obviously I took my, um, again, sort of baby-esque news, I took my nephews down to see the snowman uh, window at Phoenix, which mm-hmm. I recommend. Okay. So I think they've done an awesome job this year. Right. Um, so what else did I do? Uh, oh yeah, I did. A, we did a uh, with Acorn, our trade union. Acorn have been previous guests. We did a demonstration outside Nat West Bank because uh, we found out that they're in in their buy-to-let mortgage scheme that they discriminate against people on housing benefit. Okay. So we did a. We hopefully this is going to be a successful campaign. We we interacted with a branch manager and there may be some news on that next month. Um. But the following Sunday, very quickly, uh, I went down to the stage and I met one of my uh, heroes, sort of punk icon, Vil Valbertine. Oh, wow. You might not know who she is, but she was the guitarist in the band The Slits. And she gave a talk about her new new book that she's released. And she released a previous book. And there is a mental health theme that runs through that. And when I met her afterwards, she was keen to um, be on board and... and uh, Talk by phone at a later show. Some stage. Great. So that sounds. That. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Um, good for you. Um, Cheers. that sounds fun. That sounds mm-hmm. fun. Um, it's funny because when Luna was born, like everyone, any any picture I've ever seen, um, uh, you know, because she got had a whole head of hair, mm-hmm. um, 
and <laughs> just look a little bit like a little mini punk rocker. <laughs> just oh, like a little quip, <laughs> a little quip, and everything. And I just went. And the funny anecdote, and we'll, we'll get Dallas. Now is, I know what to buy for her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, um, <laughs> she she had a vest on yesterday when we were changing her, and uh, we got a vest that says the ge- the genius of the family. <laughs> <laughs> and I always get a thrill out of it whenever I change our onesie, and I'm like, it's got a um, the genius of the family written on. I thought it was funny, but um, but yeah, the funny quick anecdote is so um, Haley stayed over overnight, which is the standard in the hospital mm-hmm. that we were at and obviously she just had to recover. It was very textbook wasn't it from what you told me everything went really well. well. Yeah yeah, it was um, she's had no adverse side effects mm-hmm. she's had some but not like ones that are to be expected mm-hmm. um, yeah so it went textbook yeah but we'll talk about that uh, mm-hmm. we can talk about that a little bit later when we've got a bit more time but but basically <laughs> the quick anecdote about, um, about her hair was that so she got moved upstairs to the ward to be looked after by all the people there because you're in the delivery suite obviously while we were waiting for the baby to come and then so she got moved upstairs so um, they have a protocol of that half nine is when the parents uh, the partner has to go home so I am um I went home uh, and on the next morning when I went to, to meet her and um, she basically was like ready to go home. The, as I said, they checked her over, the baby got um, all her tests done and she came back um, great. So we're really happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went on the Tanai system to let them in because obviously they got the security feature. And as I said, like, oh, I'm, I was about to say like, oh, I'm Stephen, I'm Haley's partner. And she went, you must be, you must be Luna's, uh, Luna's, da- Luna's dad. And I walked in and went, why did you say that? And she went, well, she's got a load of hair. And, right. <laughs> and, and looked at me and my partner and went, well, must be your baby then. I was so like, had, it, had it been a baby boy and had a beard already? Yeah, baby exactly, baby. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She came up with a microphone. I thought that was weird. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there you go. <laughs> it's definitely my girl. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, anyway, we've left Alice wait long enough. But um, so yeah, um, huge thank you for everyone to tuning in. And obviously, it's a real, it's a real pleasure to be here. Um, uh, you know, obviously, um, <laughs> just trying to keep my energy levels up is kind of going to be difficult on this show, and I'll try my very best. But anyway, Alice uh, from Changing Lives. Hello. Hello. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. For um, me. and thank you for waiting patiently. Um, okay. yeah, because um, we thought you might be here at twelve, so yeah, it was um just a little bit of a wait. But how are you? First of all, I guess the most appropriate question being a mental health show. How are you? How are you on this fine yeah, day? I'm really good at the moment, thank you. Really good, good. good. Um, got lots to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. good at the moment. Are you prepared for the the Christmas month, being that's yeah. last day of November? <laughs> a little bit. I've got. <laughs> I've still got to start my Christmas shopping. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually from Leeds originally. So okay. I'm going down home yeah. for Christmas. All right. See all the family. So that'll be really nice. Right. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm so pleased you said that you haven't started Christmas shopping yet because I just went. I mean, obviously having a baby makes you. Yeah, delay that plans. Yes, yeah, but I'm um, I'm not I'm a late Christmas person anyway, so I'm glad you said that because I haven't even thought quick, about quick Christmas. message of future guests if you've already done your Christmas shopping, you're not you're going to chuck you out the series. Yeah, believe in our ethos. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I kind of I, I kind of agree with yeah. I kind of agree with all of that. So um, so yeah, so I guess before we start about the the um, reverse Advent uh, thing that you want to talk about, it's just I was curious to ask you about your role in changing lives. Um, you know, what's your what's your role in the organisation? Yeah. So um, my role is fundraising and events assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of deal with all the in-kind donations that we get but also the financial donations mm-hmm. and I kind of go out and network with people, try to get people to be involved with changing lives whether it's corporate volunteering mm-hmm. or just volunteering or donations mm-hmm. and things like that. So I'm kind of in charge mm-hmm. of little things like that and then my manager um, Jill 
she does like small grants and everything. So we ca we're quite a small team of two mm -hmm. people uh, for quite a large charity. Um, so we try our best to help all the projects out as well mm -hmm. with all their little events and funding for those events. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. my main role. So how long have you been doing this role? Not that long actually. I only started in March this year. Um, so it's but it's been a busy. What mm -hmm. is it, six, eight months? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've kind right. of lost track. Since I left school. Yeah. <laughs> Do you come here from Leeds for the job or were you already up here before? No, I was already up here oh, before. Okay. I went to university oh, here. So, um, so I came up in, I think, 2013 mm. and ended. Fell in love with the area, didn't you? Fell in love with yeah. Newcastle, yeah. Of course you did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then uh, did a master. <laughs> 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 I'm just laughing at the fact that you went, of course you did, as yeah. in, like, Ricky's just, like, vehemently de defending I Newcastle. I worked for the tourist yeah. board, didn't I tell you? Yeah, exactly, yeah. She doesn't like it, you have to leave. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. Um, but excellent. Um, so, I mean, I guess you're settling in well then in your job then since it's, it's, it's been a what, like not too long, but you've probably settled in by now, yeah, I would assume. Well, I'm still, I'm still learning a lot about the charity. Yeah. Like, there's still projects that I haven't visited. Mm -hmm. We've got like 137 across the country. I know. And I've probably only visited maximum... 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to go down to the northwest to see a couple of our projects there. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the majority of the ones mm -hmm. in the northeast. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's still lots to learn. There's something new every mm -hmm. day. Yeah, well, what's fortunate is James, obviously, who was here last time, kind of talked about that a little bit, you know, quite a, quite a bit. Um, yeah. You know, we learned a lot about changing lives. So I encourage people once the uh, last show's up. Um, hopefully over the weekend that uh, yeah get to listen back to that and um, they'll they'll save you saves you repeating yeah, this, repeating yourself everything, yeah. Um, but yeah so um, I mean I'm curious about this reverse advent calendar uh, and I'm, I'll throw it to Ricky because if he's got any questions as well but so reverse advent calendar let's let's talk about that because it it sounds it's obviously a fascinating subject we've talked about some reverse sad for example I mean I oh, guess yeah. I, I, that's where I I kind of think about it I don't know if you know what reverse sads they kind of um, you know seasonal affective disorder which obviously being the Christmas period yeah. is you get the reverse form of that which is for the summer yeah so that's where my thought goes with that um, with that it was thing. my sort of unofficial diagnosis yes. back in, yeah yeah when I was uh, but so the heat wave and all that stuff. so right. could you tell us obviously in detail what what that implies yeah of course so our reverse advent calendar is just kind of a simple and rewarding way to make big difference to the local community so we've kind of we've got a list and we've asked people to kind of get a box yeah. decorate the box mm -hmm. and each day they put an item off the list they're not expensive mm -hmm. items some of them are just you can pick up cheap poundland so we've got like toiletries toys and gifts gift sets um Pants and socks, pajamas, anything like that—things that we all kind of take for granted, Absolutely. especially yeah. at Christmas yeah, yeah. time. But you do stress new items, yeah. Because so when you think charities and donations, you think secondhand goods yeah. and stuff. So you want to avoid that. Yeah. Well, we, we haven't been turning away things because yeah. we you never, still we come never in would. Handy, yeah. Because yeah. um, the like, if we get secondhand clothes mm. or things like that, we do try and get mm. them to our projects so that the people that we work with have. Mm -hmm clean clothes mm -hmm. and have new cl well new to them mm -hmm. um, clothes but for this kind of campaign we have asked for new items mm -hmm. um, just because the things that we'll be getting like they might be gifts for the people we work with or they might be gifts for like the family and the mm -hmm. children mm -hmm. and, and the friends of the people who we work with mm -hmm. so having new gifts mm -hmm. just makes it feel a bit more special mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we also let people kind of 
come into the projects or mm-hmm. all the collection points. So we've got about 13 collection mm-hmm. points across the country. Um, the main one being our like central mm-hmm. office, and then the projects can bring the people who we work with to come and pick their own gifts, mm-hmm. which is quite it's quite special mm-hmm. for them because they wouldn't have the money to do so mm-hmm. otherwise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really it's really nice. And last year we got um, 30,000 pounds worth of gifts, and they were given to like all the vulnerable people that we work mm-hmm. with. Fantastic! What a great initiative. Um, I guess because it leads me. I mean, I mean, I guess maybe I'm I'm, I'm being devil's advocate here, is because um, advent calendars in my household, for example, are kind of a bit of a like um, double-edged sword for me. In that, you know, I, I do understand the idea, but they are essentially. I don't know if Ricky thinks this. I'm quite curious to know what Ricky thinks. But um, like sort of advent calendars are kind of a niche thing anyway. So uh, you know, the the you know. They're not a necessity. They're just there's something yeah. that's been invented for this particular mm-hmm. month. So I like the idea of that you're you know taking the principle of it and making it a little bit more meaningful because then um, you know I've heard some ridiculous you know yeah you it kind of sucks the commercialism out of it yes. and make it more thank sort you. of welcoming. Yes, that's yeah. kind of my point. Yeah, exactly. So uh, thank you because he's phrased that better than I did. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to think like that's essentially the essence of what I was getting at yeah. is that yeah, um, it's really nice that you're doing that. I mean, are you an advent calendar person or no? But uh, <laughs> last week after the snowman, I did buy a chocolate one for my, my nephew. Yeah, so well, I, that, I did fall in the dust trap. Yeah, um, I just think, you know, because I've heard about, um, you know, you can get advent calendars for like £200 with the oh, idea of that, yeah. like, you know, that they've got, you know, expensive things in. Yeah. They, they sell it by going, oh, we can have up to mm. 600 quid's worth of stuff, but mm. that's too, like, people fall into the trap of that's £200 you would never spend mm. without that incentive. Yeah. So it's two hundred pound worse off. Mm-hmm. Like you would know, you know. Whereas, you know, if you get a chocolate one, it might be like two pound or three pound yeah. or four pound, mm-hmm. and you're spending two hundred pound because mm-hmm. you think, well, I'm going to get all this stuff. So yeah. that's exactly how they get you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. ours is quite good because you can spend as little or as much as you want. Great. Yeah. Like you don't have to put in every single item off the list. Mm-hmm. You can put in two or three things. You can put yeah. in twenty mm-hmm. things. It's completely up to you. So yeah. we've had like. We've had a couple of schools get involved nice. and also some local organisations mm-hmm. and they've kind of done like a shoebox, so they've got a shoebox. Mm-hmm. They've maybe put, like like say, they've done specific ones for female, male mm-hmm. and children and in those boxes they've got maybe five or six items mm-hmm. and they're not expensive. Mm-hmm. Like I say, you can get them cheap at the pound shop or even at supermarkets mm-hmm. and the boxes just mm-hmm. fill up quite quickly once you've got yeah. a few bits mm-hmm. in but they're just really nice and it's kind of like it's a set and it can be just given straight to someone we don't we don't have to worry about gift mm-hmm. bagging it and anything like that it can literally just go mm-hmm. straight to someone mm-hmm. is there something you can download as well is that right so yeah so if on the changing lives website um which is www.changing-lives.org.uk if you go on to like, on our main homepage at the moment, um, there's inf- more information about our reverse advent calendar appeal. But there's a poster on there as well, which is available to download, and you can print as many as you like and distribute as many as you like. And that just has all the information, mm-hmm. like the full list of what we need and things like that. And then on the website as well, it does have all the 13 drop-off points. Really. Okay. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the final thing to say, um, if you know this as well, is that um, is Changing Lives got a lot on over the Christmas period? Is there anything you can share in that sense? We've got a few little events going on, um, but quite a lot of the projects, because there's so many, yeah. they kind of organise their own little Christmas mm-hmm. fairs, they I go see. to Christ- yeah. do little Christmas mm-hmm. events. So 
personally I'm not always in the know I kind of find out after that oh we've had this successful event mm-hmm. we've raised so much we've got this amount of donations yes. um, so there are a few little bits going on um, it just be kind of asking your local project um, again mm-hmm. these can all be found on the website, on the website. Um, yeah. if they've got anything going on and if there's anything that they could get involved with um, but mm-hmm. yeah apart from that it's just, just a quick amazing. generic question and this time of, on this time of year do you feel an extra sort of pressure and amongst sort of a desperation amongst sort of our vulnerable people out there that this is the time where they need the most help yeah I think Christmas can be quite lonely mm-hmm. if you don't have your family and your friends there to mm-hmm. support you it can be really lonely mm-hmm. um, so it's just I think we've had a few emails this week as well ask it like people asking have have you got this i can't afford oh this right. for okay. um i can't afford christmas presents this year for whatever reason mm-hmm. and we do try help even mm-hmm. if like they're not in our like they're not in our projects we do try help as many mm-hmm. people as we can mm-hmm. um and again they can come and choose mm-hmm. so we don't turn anyone away if they're needing anything and if we have got anything we'll help people Good when we you. can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i mean it's it's really nice i guess the, the 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 sort of summary of this is that it's really nice that that sort of stuff is available because we've talked about for example um because there's a sheet here actually it's a good segue to say this because i want to make sure i remember it is that uh, we're then food bank are raising money here at the beacon uh, tomorrow between 11 and 3 p.m mm-hmm. um so there's games food stalls gift stalls face painting and everything else and it's raising money for west end food bank who have been on this show um and you know for example we talked about how the impact of universal credit sometimes if it's not done correctly and yeah. um, the people are using food banks more than ever so the fact that you're doing something where you can um where you can you know get you know potentially could be as you quite rightly said very eloquently is that is the the, the stuff that we take for granted I mean um, you know at the minute you know uh, as I just talked about and I'm talking about my, my daughter but like me and my partner are just spending all, my, all our time doing that but the great thing about it is and I was telling Ricky this on the phone yesterday it's just that it makes you it puts things into perspective of what matters and what doesn't matter um, and the like the things that are just simplistic and what which maybe are deemed superficial are actually the only things that really mm-hmm. you yeah. should care about and um, if you've got all them things really like everything else should be considered a bonus mm-hmm. um, and I think that's good because not only does it help people but maybe it reinforces to people that they're in a better place than they realize mm-hmm. yeah. Um I think that's a powerful I think powerful the, the encapsulating all them gifts in a box really kind of puts the sort of a that the thought in itself of doing that is the present itself. Yeah, do you know what I mean? and people have put little notes in as well, which has right. been really nice. Yeah. Like we had a, a, a college put in like little notes saying like this was made by right. X and Y. Yeah. Merry Christmas, and then people have put in like Christmas cards as well and pack of stamps so that people can send Christmas cards. So the option there's the option of not you don't have to be entirely anonymous. You want to put something personal. Yeah, in Yeah, if you want to put it. something personal, in, that's absolutely okay. fine. Um, but yeah, it's just. Like I say, whatever people want, mm-hmm. it's fantastic and it's great really. for people to get presents. Like mm-hmm. you say, they're taken for granted. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, as you as you said, um, I mean, when, when James was on uh, last time, and we've we've heard it, we've talked about changing lives a few times on the show. Um, but I, I, it's fascinating to realise the scale because it's one of these it's one of these um, you know charities that I've heard of. Yeah. Um, but when actually you talked about the the, the amount of the how, how uh, the, as you said like hundreds of places and yeah. I had no idea the scale. Do, yeah. do you know Ellie? Um, she was Ellie Radcliffe. She was yeah, a she, yeah. she was a she was a colleague of mine in the Acorn Trade Union. That's how I 
Oh, all right, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, no. I always see, I always see changing lives vans driving <laughs> all over yeah. the place. Things, yeah. yeah, I, I saw one the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was no. it'd be criminal not to get them on the show. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we work with um, about seventeen and yeah, like people. like Steve said, uh, the the bigger than I originally thought. And yeah, and great on you guys for doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, keep up the good work, Alice. Um, I guess um, uh, how can people get involved in the reverse advent in terms of donating and stuff like that? Um, um, if they do go to our website, like I say, all the information's on there right. that you'll need. Um, if people are aware of where our central office is, it's on Team Valley, really close to the retail world. So if you are going to do a bit of shopping, mm-hmm. feel free to like, yeah. pop in your donations. Like I say, they'll be greatly appreciated. Am I right? There's a text... I've got right, yeah. Is text is it yeah, is a text donate. There isn't is it? a text donate as well. Again, that's listed on the poster. Okay. Um, so people can donate via just giving. Uh, uh, text. Uh, money. Um, yeah. So okay. if if they don't have time, like I understand, it's a busy time of the year. People mm. probably don't have time sometimes mm. to be running around and collecting a shoebox full of donations. Mm. So if they'd rather donate financially, again, mm. all that information's on our website. I remember. I, it's it's great that schools are doing that because I remember one year and I always thought it was a good idea is that we did we used to um um collect shoeboxes at our schools. So I'm wondering if it's the same initiative um or a similar one at the very least. So it's good. I think it's good to like I uh, think particularly. It's becoming more of a trend in a way. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good and bad thing. It's it's bad in the sense that you know that it, it's kind of getting worse out there, but it's good that people are responding. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, local food banks and stuff are taking these sort of things from schools. Yeah. And Great. So. Good to hear. Yeah. Okay, well, good work, Alice. It's lovely to speak to you. Um, and thanks for coming in. Nice really appreciate know. it. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Uh, right, we're going to take a break now here on Mentally Sound here on Spice FM. And when we come back, uh, Graham from Down by the River with uh, Bino from RT Projects and Steve, who's um, going to be doing some music for us. He's going to be joining us in the studio right after these messages. You're mentally sound on Spice FM 98.8 FM. For the community, by the community. Spice FM 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Just 
maybe given time you'll have a change of heart. If it takes forever, girl, then I'm prepared to wait. The day you give your love to me won't be a day too late. I was humming this song when I saw it in the database. Um, you to me are everything by the real thing. A classic, classic track. Um, because one of the things with having a baby is you can't prepare songs for the show because I totally forgot. Um, so we're doing the classic database of just finding whatever English. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I hope you're just singing along. <laughs> <laughs> it's recently become like one of these like you know and now the next song um, you know like a lot of like um, radio stations these days at late at night it's like and this next song to get you through this winter period <laughs> this is you to me <laughs> okay let's not do that um, but yeah welcome back to Mentally Sound obviously uh, there's the Mental Health Show huge thank you to Alice Fisher who was from Changing Lives and um, being on the show before it was a really in- interesting interview about the reverse advent calendar really good initiative um, but this um, interview I'm super fascinated about because we mentioned that you guys were going to be on the show at the beginning because obviously we let people know who's on during the two hour period um, so we're joined by Graham from Down by the River Hello. Um, and Bino from uh, which is an interesting name um, I was thinking of the comic book but <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that before uh, from RT Projects hello guys welcome to the show hello um, so it's a pleasure to talk to you um, I guess we'll start with Graham so we'll do it like kind of like I'll ask you then ask uh, and ask Bino um, so Graham let's um, let's start by obviously welcome to the show and um, could you tell us what down by the river is well I'm a, I'm a music promoter in in durham okay um i put uh, i work with grassroots musicians mm-hmm. um put gigs on it mostly in durham city but sometimes i branch out a little bit yeah um but yeah that's what i do promote live music okay so how long have you been doing that for um well i've been doing it for about 20 years on mm-hmm. and off um in Durham specifically since 2013. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, I mean, I, I really like Durham. I, I, I've, I've passed through and been, been there quite yeah. a few times. And so what's the music scene like in, in Durham? Is it nice? Yeah, it, it's nice. We've got a lot, quite a bit going on. Um, we've got some nice little quirky venues. Um, I love the term quirky. Yeah. I'm na- close I'll to my heart. Yeah. <laughs> I've named the ones that are, are, that are promote music in... Um, the People's Bookshop, okay. one, one of those. Oh, I like, like really shop, intimate 
venue which yeah. only holds uh, 25 people. Great. And Clear Path Delicatessen, yeah. a lovely little cafe that Great. holds uh, slightly more. We'll get about 40 people yeah. in there. Um, and then there's the other venues, uh, the Gala Theatre and the nice. old in the Laundrette. Which causes <laughs> live music in the laundrette in Durham, believe it. Or not. I, I, I bet there's people screaming puns at this very moment, like uh, spinning around all this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that's so fascinating because um, um, close to my heart because obviously Steve's going to be doing some music in a bit. Um, yeah. Who's the other guest? He's waiting patiently. Um, because I used to gig quite a lot oh, here right. in the Newcastle area, and when you said 25 people, yeah, um, one of the first gigs I ever did was the front of that many people, and I really loved it because yeah. if they're if people are really invested in it, um, it's a bit like when you go and see stand-up comedians, I much prefer seeing them at like the stand or something like that than a than a theatre because it's it's a lot more like you feel more involved in the process because yeah. they're so far away. Particularly if you go to the theatre, um, metro the radio. Acoustics are, are a lot better in smaller venues. Aren't yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, some people play unplugged in those. Venues, yeah, you know, no, yeah, I no did. amplification yeah. at all. Yeah, I did. I just had yeah. an acoustic guitar when I was playing, and it's uh, it's nice because yeah, you just can project a lot better, and uh, yeah, like live and raw. I think yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a, yeah, it's a lot, lot better. So, Mr. Bino, hello, sir. <laughs> How'd you do? <laughs> so, can you tell us about your project and what it stands for? Because we've been debating that the whole time. <laughs> it stands for, as in the word. Yes, the word, the, the letters. And it makes a lot more sense if you ring us up. You ring all us right. up. Go on, ring us up. Okay, hello. <laughs> hello, I'm Stephen. How do you, you do? This is Bino from RT Projects. Okay, RT. Okay, RT. Quite you clever, see, I yeah, never. Yeah. You, I'm so. Thank you for saying that phonetically because I'm dyslexic, so I would never have got that. Wow. <laughs> I'm always of de- dyslexic because I'm just a bad speller. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know excuse. Well, um, I just, I just claim I have dyslexia. Right, <laughs> no one's told me no. Um, no, no. Um, we're a mental health charity, independent mental health charity. Okay. Um, and I suppose the simplest way of saying it, we use art as a tool to improve, improve people's well-being. Yeah. Well-being, yeah. That's right. a, a simplistic term. There's yes. a lot more to it than Of that. course, yeah. I mean, yeah, because I'm so pleased you said that because you, you, there's a lot that goes into a person's mental health and I just think, but in, 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 and as someone who is, I mean, obviously we're doing a, a, a sort of a creative thing now, being on being on it, being on the radio, um, is that it does, you know, having a good balanced life and, and being creative and being like sort of expressing yourself, I mean, because that's the parallels with music. Um, I think music's one of the best forms for that. Uh, when you say arty, is there, is there a wide, is that a wide spectrum of, of, of art that you do? Yeah, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. It, it comes from a, um, well, it's based on a, an educational program or educational theory called Reggio, which is, everybody's heard of it as pe- person-centred or children-centred education. And that's the way we approach what we do is basically find out what the person wants. And yes. usually the person doesn't know. They've not had any experience of art before. Well, they have, because everybody does as a child, but then we're told it looks stupid, so we stop. But they come back to it, and basically we've done... um, Well, music is in part of it. We had somebody in with words, so poetry, as it would have been known in the olden days. (laughs) Painting, drawing are obvious. We have printmaking, uh, stained glass windows, music. We have a samba drumming group every week. And this all comes from the individuals who stand at the door for the first session, nervous as hell, and say, I think I'm in the wrong place because I can't draw. But of course, they've come because of the mental health condition, not because of the art. Yeah. So we, we basically find out what, what turns them and what they enjoy and what they, they're capable of. Um, but the art is like a, a, a catalyst. It's, it's, almost, it's almost a bait. Um, so really what we're doing is helping people to gain confidence, to recognise their capabilities, to socialise, which is a big point. They work in groups of about 10 people. 
So the art is a bit of an excuse to meet up. Well, to me, it's about expre- allowing them to express themselves, isn't it, in a way that they couldn't before, perhaps. And it can become a language, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we don't focus on that as art, as a, a therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people do drift off into another world, and they're painted, and they're gone, and you can't talk to them. You have to shake them to stop them. Mm-hmm. That was a joke. Mm-hmm. Other <laughs> people like me, when I'm painted, I'm quite angry. I'll throw things at the canvas. Yeah. It's not good for me painting. Mm-hmm. So the therapeutic aspect does play a part. Mm-hmm. But I always use the analogy that if you get somebody who's not well at the moment and put them in a room with a paintbrush and a, and a tub of paint and then knock on the door every hour or so and say are you better yet mm. it's not going to happen mm. it needs support some of these people haven't even realised that counselling could help them they've never had any support they've maybe never told anybody about what they've been going through mm. um, I fell out with three many years ago and I didn't tell anyone because everyone would have known I was a mad you know so I'm not having that you know I'm not mad everyone else is <laughs> so that idea of coming to terms with what you're going through and almost normalising what society sometimes sees as abnormality is another big part of what we do. I'm, I'm so glad you say that because my own backstory when back in the 90s, not long after I had, it was when my, my own PTSD was manifesting, but when I went to art college, um, it, it was fantastic because it was it was a sort of a course full of people who were, who were on that course to get away from their own, whatever they were running away from. So you had people who had addiction issues, you had people who gone through like bereavement who couldn't get it handled it was just it was again like you say it's not it wasn't therapeutic necessarily but it was a means to get back into society and get back to what you know normality whatever normality is to to them and it was the best year of my life um so i think it's great you do be also working on men's sheds i was reading is that right we do well we have a few different programs uh, so people with mental health issues are just like the rest of every the human race, they're all different. Mm-hmm. So we don't just stick them all in one group. So if you have PTSD in particular, as you mentioned, or panic attacks, or are nervous of, of meeting people, then we have a small group, which is literally at the moment six people. Mm-hmm. We don't have loud music on, it's a really quiet, chill space. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday afternoon, people maybe been through severe trauma and come out the other side, mm-hmm. and that's a joyous, really busy, happy time. Friday is our men's shed because unlike the two of us, uh, note on air, two men talking about mental health issues, mm-hmm. fantastic. This wouldn't have happened a few years back. No, it really no. has opened yeah. up. It's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. So on a Friday, because sadly, County Durham is the highest male suicide in the UK, mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to let that out, but I think we need to talk about well, it. Well, we know we, this we've region. We've already yeah. done it. Yeah. We know this region. Fantastic. Yeah. So we run what's called a men's shed, which is just a place where men can meet and talk. Because traditionally, we're not supposed to talk openly about our own emotions. I don't believe that's true because it's probably the noisiest group we have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually think that's a really powerful point because I've only just realised this until you said it, but we are five of different age ranges now talking about the common topic, which is mental health and how to deal with it. Um, And I think that's powerful in itself. And as as you said, it shows that that things are are progressing in the right direction. And it's great, the projects that you do. I actually think one of the, the, the best points you said during that was when you said that you shouldn't do something for the sake the the key thing about doing anything therapeutic is that you actually enjoy it um, I think if you do something that a person doesn't resonate with eventually they're going to stop doing it because they don't enjoy the process and like like life if you you should enjoy the process um, uh, rather than the end goal is that you, you want you should enjoy if you enjoy reaching the point then you're going to get there in a in a happier place so I think what you said was exactly right um, I'm curious Graham as if we're down by the river um, what was it what was your motivation in starting 
gotten it? Was did you feel that it was like a a thing that wasn't being fulfilled in, in or something, or was it a personal um was it a personal motivation for yourself to go? I wanted to give something that helped you. What was the what was the reason? Um, well, it was a few things really. After in two thousand and twelve, I'd, I'd travelled around a lot and sort of done music things elsewhere, and eventually found myself back home in Durham. Um, and wanted to get involved and I was also involved in the people's bookshop in Durham I'm part of a collective that runs the bookshop yeah. one of the things we decided to do was start putting events on in there so it was kind of a natural fit for me yeah, yeah, yeah. to put start putting music on in there so that's where it stemmed from really mm-hmm. and then I kind of expanded on that idea and moved it around different venues in Durham mm-hmm. um, but the, it, the, it, the heart of it is a I want to say musicians get paid properly for what they do. <laughs> yeah. So everything, all, all the money that comes through the door goes to the musicians. Great. And, and then on, on, secondly, I want to give a, a, a platform to, to musicians in general, but more specifically musicians from County Durham mm-hmm. who sometimes struggle uh, to, to sort of break out of, of, of like some of the, the communities in County Durham. Yeah, uh, are quite uh, impoverished. It's great to give them an opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely, and um, because, yeah, as you said, it it, it it usually these things just stem from, as you say, just being in a situation where you have an opportunity to do something, and um, it often happens by a sort of a, a whim. I mean, um, the the the, intre- the the good comparison about when we started this show was it started as a community project, and it was just a bunch of people getting together, going, we'd like to do something where we can provide a voice for ourselves and a voice for other people. Um, and it's now reached a point where Spice FM asked us to be on here, and um, you know, and, and we do fortnightly when it used to be just once a month. And um, and and I think that I think in essence what we're talking about here for people who are listening who may have an idea in the back of their heads is very often I find myself saying to people as advice just try to do it um, just start doing yeah, it yeah. Um, and you'll find that it snowballs rather quickly into a direction you want it to it requires hard work at the beginning no doubt about it but um, if you as, as, we, as we as we talked about earlier is if you enjoy the process and want to ultimately do it you will do it doesn't matter how hard hard it get hard work it gets you'll it'll, it'll start getting easier um, because you enjoy doing the process yeah, yeah. so um, are you a musician yourself or? I'm not no I'm just you know lifelong music lover and I'm like I'm a what I call now I'm a OAP I'm an <laughs> old age punk so <laughs> like my, my music roots are in the yeah we were talking about days, punk who you know? did you go and see uh, I met Viv Albertine of the oh the yeah brilliant yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. Gonna, she's gonna be on the show well yeah, via phone interview or something oh she's, well whenever she's up in this next in this neck of the woods yeah, we, yeah I've had a brief conversation with Viv about getting it to do something in the people's bookshop. All right. Yeah, so, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she said she's really into doing intimate stuff. I know. think in terms of um, punk and what it did for women, I think the slits and, you know, x-ray specs and, you know... Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, diverse. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's talk but about punk. Yeah, yeah. let's... Yeah. <laughs> but before we get Steve to, to... Let's talk about We Shall Overcome the gig. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone's heard of Joe Solo... Uh, yeah. yeah, well, you look, Joe started this um, this movement really called We Shall Overcome. It was uh, designed to bring the, mu- the music community together throughout the country and put on gigs to raise money for uh, you, you know for for community projects. You know, food banks being the obvious one. Yeah. Um, and there's gigs happening throughout the country and I think there's been some in other parts of the world as well 
So just being like a stem for that. Okay. And in like yeah, we're putting hours on in Durham. This right. we, last year we did. Uh, uh, we benefited East Durham Trust, mm-hmm. um, and this year we we work in partnership with our Arty Project. Mm-hmm. So is this like an, is this been it's this time of year? Is it sort of a nationwide thing? So are they all, are they all pretty much happening together, or is it? No, no he, he set it up to happen at a specific weekend in October. Okay. But uh, right, okay. October is not a great month for me because we have Durham Book Festival, and I I organise some events around that. So we kind of. Tag I on guess at the like end with, of it. with Alice, our previous guest, it's this time of year, and like food banks need the most help yeah. more than ever. I guess so it ties in, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's the thing with the We Shall Overcome movement. It's it's spread out. Not Joe's idea was to mm-hmm. do it in October, but now it's mm-hmm. like this gig's happening throughout the year. To be honest. So remind us of the dates and times. December the eighth, mm-hmm. six pm mm-hmm. at Clear Path Delicatessen in right. Durham. Yeah. Yeah, and there's still a few. I think there's only about ten tickets left now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so I was about to say, can people pay at the door? But if, yeah. gonna, if there's limited left, then I yeah, we, we, the tickets are uh, we got tickets.com down by the river. Oh, right. yeah. um, and they're only a fiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if there's uh, if there is some space on the door, yeah. But mm-hmm. hopefully we'll, well be full by then. We can get can get to you on social media and ask. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we're on all the. Uh, on all the obvious platforms. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say so. Um, Fabino, is there anything you wanna um you wanna mention to to the audience about? Um, is there anything that you want? Like, how do people get involved in the RT project? Well, again, they can contact us through social media. RT mm-hmm. projects are on Facebook. You can go to our website. Um, but on maybe a more personal level, when I did have my stint. In the darkness, uh, I didn't tell anybody. I locked myself in my room, slept in a sleeping bag. If anybody's feeling in any way desperate or thinking that there's something they need help with, yeah. talk to somebody. Yes, Just ask, spit it yeah. out. Anybody, mm-hmm. tell it to a stranger and run back in the house. Yeah, get it out your head. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it's just like the, exactly like the weight on the shoulders. I mean, I've talked about, um, you know, I guess just to be to be to be in a sharing mood as we I've talked about on this show about I was sectioned for I was sectioned for a couple of months and. Um, you know, it, as I joked about, because I now talk about it, and I've done, I did I did do some speeches at university and stuff like that about it, and and I often find myself saying that like I don't come across as a person who should be sectioned. Um, but I have bipolar disorder, but um, um, it it, it often comes down to that it's in, in sometimes sometimes it is that you don't um tell somebody and express yourself in that way, but sometimes it's that you find yourself in a position that you can't get out of that you can't you can't get out of the like you said the the, the maya that you find yourself mm-hmm. in is that um and that's where i'm so pleased that you, i remember you said and i think it's a very important point the support network around you to you know have people who encourage you to 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 seek help and um the book doesn't just stop with obtaining help it comes with the constant reassurance and and all that kind of thing and um, I'm a big believer in reminding people that it's not just about there are there's a responsibility for the individual to get better but it's I think the responsibility society should have is something that I, I get very annoyed at because it's like well well you get help but we're going to leave you alone and do it which is that's the problem is that you were alone when it 
you're alone when you have the problem how can you be alone getting recovery it's a silly premise um, and I got that a lot in my experience so I'm pleased that we're having these discussions about you know you can have fun and you can tell people and you can socialise and you can realise that like essentially you're not alone in this situation which I think is kind of what we're all talking about here. Yeah, so yeah. Um, do get involved with the project it sounds like a wonderful idea thanks Bino for doing something amazing keep up with the good work um, well done for you for Down by the River um, that sounds amazing it's a shame I don't gig anymore because I would have <laughs> went I'll come down and do a set or something but well. I haven't played in so long so, um, but then we're going to talk to Steve now. He's going to play some music, so which is excellent. So, um, are you left or right-handed, Steve? I'm right-handed. Okay, so um, if you want to go, maybe on that seat, maybe makes sense to swap with Bino. Um, but thanks, guys, very much. Um, obviously, as I said, on the social medias. Uh, Thank you. Are. You're welcome. Um, and so, obviously, do get in touch with them if, they, if their projects sound interesting and you're in their neighbourhood. Um, or a thingy musician. So yeah, um, yeah. But if you, uh, I thought we could talk to you for a second, Steve, if you wanted before you put it down. Um, cool. So yeah. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Um, very nice to, to have you on. Yeah. Um, so I guess to start with, obviously, hold, you've got a very beautiful guitar, by the way. Yeah, I have a few. You. I have a few <laughs> guitars. You know, this is my nerd moment. Ricky, you just take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> I have guitars as well. Let's <laughs> talk guitars. Yeah, let's talk guitars. So. Hello and welcome to uh, Guitar Appreciation Hour. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I'm a huge. I've got a bunch of guitars. Um, so um, I guess to start with music, in in a sense, because I mean, we talk about mental mental health and various other things. It may be that it isn't a mental health thing for you, but I'm just curious as to when you first picked up a guitar has it been something mm. you've done for a long time or is it very recently or um, yeah on and off it has been for a long time but I mean my first um, interest in the guitar genuinely was as a kid because I, I as a small child I my dad was into Elvis mm-hmm. and I liked Elvis and of course Great. the whole image of just Elvis with a guitar so yeah. initially it was just it was that so when I was about eight I think uh, I got a guitar I had a few mm-hmm. lessons at school yep but I didn't bother with it for a few years. Yep. Um, and then picked it up again in my mid-teens and just started playing around, remembering what chords I'd played and, and then started sort of finding progressions and stuff mm-hmm. and just without really thinking about it, wrote yep. some appalling songs. <laughs> truly, 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 you know, I hate it when I hear people, oh, this was the first song I ever wrote and it got to number three. Did it? Great. That's, that's brilliant. Mine were rubbish. Um, yeah. I spent many years trying to get better. How many aspiring musicians haven't written an awful song? It's, oh, part, of I'm, the, it's part of the course. In all truth, every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. of them release them. Some of them make the charts, and we're like, and it's stuck in our head for weeks, and we're like, oh, we hate you, so, uh, you know. It does happen, but it's like, only really been the last sort of three or four. Well, <laughs> I put my first album out in 2012, so it's the last sort of um, six years I've been taking it a bit more seriously, and probably the last three or four. So, Excellent. Yeah. Um, just to just to, re- to help you resonate, um, when I first, um, I mean, I picked up guitar again, like it's a very similar story in my mm. early teens, and one of the things I did, which um, my mom, I, I had to, I, like my mom hated, and I eventually took them down. I was so into just because I, 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 what I realised I was doing was sort of more like poetry than actual songs. Yeah. Well, poetry is songs, just, you know, it's, it follows the same format. Yeah. Um, but I was just writing songs and songs and songs and songs mm. and songs. But what I realised was was I had bipolar disorder. Is that was my like coping mechanism sure. to get my emotions out. So yeah. I was writing really quite dark mm. or powerful or but 
um, it's funny because when you have, whenever we I talk to musicians like yourself, because it's particularly when I was in the performing, like when I was around performers a lot, mm-hmm. we always share them stories of like you remember a particular song where it's just like you know the easiest chord progression in the world, and it's like really has no particular meaning or yeah. like song. It's usually just you miss somebody or like you know it's just like I miss you, I really do, yeah. and all this sort of stuff, and it's just like oh. and then you read it back like years later and go, God, I, I thought that was good. At the time. <laughs> um, I thought like you know. Elton John set to one side, you know, like um, it's going to be another hand in the wind moment. Um, you but no. ads, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I took all the songs and I um, and I blue tacked them on my wall, oh, and wow. I, I I I don't know where I got it from. I think it was from some sort of series or something or somebody doing that, and I just thought it was a good, a good idea, but it ruined the wallpaper. And, <laughs> and my mom hated every second of it, but um, but, but I, I remember it quite fondly. There's though. something very um, you know, whether it relates to mental health in inverted commas, you know. As, as we understand it, or, or just in terms of that need to express some teenage angst or, yeah. or, or heartbreak or something. There's something mm-hmm. wonderful and cathartic about about music, and particularly about writing and, and, yeah. and playing music. And I think there's something very um, pure about sort of just one person and one instrument, you know, and just expressing something in that way. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, it is that. The, the sadness of the shadows, the darker places that I think come across best in that yeah. in that sort of way, because you know listening to people just going on about how happy they are is just boring. Yeah, you know, there's, there's there's nothing we can't really connect with that. If we're happy, yeah. we're happy. What we want are songs that speak to us and indeed for us in those moments when actually we need something to step alongside and put an arm around it. Particularly if it's something that's like unsaid or yeah. more complicated I find right. that it, it does kind of get uh, resonate. Is there anything you want to say before we get to the music? Just, just, just one last question. Mm. Rumour has it you've been compared to certain people like Billy Bragg and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a rumour. Just, well, just on that, um, yeah. do you find so in a sense a bit like what we said before about punk, so mm. is there something about protest music and so forth that you mm. feel more connected to? Then? That's a great question. I think there's, uh, for me it's a bit broader but but protest music definitely comes under that umbrella and for me it is that, that music well any art form I think is that it's best a bit like what we were just saying really is when it's you know when it's really going to places that we don't necessarily find comfortable I always feel that sort of music is the most progressive and more edgy yeah music, so oh yeah you know, it's, it's got a you know if you're going to invest some time in, in listening to something you know th- for me it has to, to speak to me to it's speak like when these two accused bands of being political but mm. for me that was a bit of a, like a badge of honour yeah absolutely we need it and yeah. you know now more than ever I would exactly. suggest we need it and uh, I'm happy to be trying to be in that sort of place I think you find Ricky it's inner turmoil is what we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> it's inner, well. inner torment <laughs> that resonates with the artist oh. <laughs> That's oh. I feel like we're doing um, we're going uh, deep now yeah we're doing like the South Bank show now <laughs> yeah. or something isn't it? Yeah. Uh, anyway but no honestly no but I, I, I was just that was just a silly joke what actually no. you were talking about what you were, t- what you were talking about I resonate with very strongly um, um, the, the, the thing I was going to ask you and then you fire away with your song is to say um, do you write, you write original music yeah um, so I guess the obvious question to ask you being that we do a mental health show I mean it, as I said it might not you might not look at it that way but do you find even just the process therapeutic for yourself in terms of just absolutely. getting through life and whatnot? absolutely um, it just, it, it, as I say catharsis is, is a huge part yes. of it and, and often I find the stuff I find myself writing about is and sometimes you don't even know when you've started it and then you realise what it's going to be about and then you start to, well, I start to realise, actually, I don't really know what I think about this. And then by the time I've got to the end of a song, I will have either worked out my feelings about it or I'll have expressed my um, lack of understanding about it, but in such a way that I get to the end and feel that, ah, that's 
that, that you know that it was worth my while writing this. Absolutely. I've now got something that that encapsulates my thoughts or feelings about something, and then. The most amazing thing is when you sort of take that out and, and either record it or play it at a gig and find people coming up to you and, and saying, "Hey, that's that was good. That's mm. that's what I've been thinking. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's the, not just me. That's it's the principle right. of I think the, the the good thing to say to the people listening to this is that it's it's taking something that means something so much to you, putting the hard work in and seeing the reap of the rewards. You yeah. know, and no matter what format it is, and I think that's 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 a good. I think that's a good yeah. message to have. Um, so great. Um, I was trying to check because um, I don't actually know what your surname is because I was going to go like Steve something yeah. in your song, but Steve something's fine. Yeah. Maybe I should change it. Yeah, it's um, yeah. be great. I see Steve something. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's pleasure. P l a d g e r. Steve pleasure. So, um, would you like to say what your song is before you play it? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm going to play a song um, from uh, my album Somewhere Between. Uh, the song's called Me and the Silence. And Great. It's, uh, I'll just play the song, actually. Okay, yeah. So, fine. Yeah, me, me and the silence. It, 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 it plays for itself. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great, just to let you know. Cheers. Come stand in my shoes. You can walk a mile if you choose. To the place that I go. When it all falls apart When the darkness descends Where my universe ends When all that remains Is my beating heart Between me That stillness alone, my sad metronome. Well, it measures those moments I've come to despise. While that part of me that yearns to be free, it stares into the darkness and wonders what lies beyond me. There's no rhyme and no reason to 
be brought to bear. Oh, and it's a curse, it's not a sin. And it is not just giving in. But I don't seek understanding, just your hand and prayer. Absolutely amazing! Wow, that's fantastic. Um, that's put, that's put everyone in just I don't know. Uh, well, I feel like it. I just feel like I'm in the best mood ever now. <laughs> like, I feel like I want to dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, it really was very pleasurable to listen to. Thank, thank you, you very much. Yeah. Thank you both. I hope everyone enjoys that as much as we did in the studio. It felt re- it sounded really nice uh, through the headphones. So congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep up the good work. I'm um, a man close to my heart doing music, so keep Top up with man. it. Um, I do miss doing it myself. So. Um, too late I, to do it <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but I've just had a child now, so we have to wait a bit. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, but I will certainly try. Um, thanks so much, guys. Thank you to Graham. Thank you to Bino as well. Uh, RT Project and Down by the River. Um, and thank you to Steve for doing the music. We need to take a break for thanks ads for now. Uh, you're welcome. Um, so we're going to take a break now. We might do mental health news. I don't know. If we're a little bit behind schedule, but that's fine. It's worth it for that song. Uh, and we'll be right back after these messages. And girls just want to have fun by Cindy Lauper. Um, and we'll be right back on mental. Sound ready on Spice FM 98.8 FM. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM 98.8 FM. The new food sensation in Newcastle has landed. Food Monkey, mouth-watering curries, delicious kebabs and grill, and all your favourite Indian street food, including our infamous masala chai. So whether it's lunch, a cheeky tea time snack or dinner, it's all about Food Monkey. Food Monkey, Stanhope Street, next to Hutchinson's Fruit and Veg. Search us out on social media or log on at foodmonkeyuk.com. The Glasses Factory has arrived on West Road in Newcastle. To celebrate the opening of our new flagship store, the Glasses Factory are offering free eye tests, plus a £5 voucher for each eye test conducted. The Glasses Factory are always here to help. We have multilingual assistants in Punjabi and Urdu, and also both male and female attendants. See for yourself. The Glasses Factory, 498 Westgate Road, Newcastle. Call 0191 273 8460. Log on at Glasses factory.co.uk or search us out on Facebook.
the Bollywood Christmas Party Night, an extravagant and vibrant night of fun and partying. Taking place Saturday 15th December at Grand Hotel Gosforth Park, expect a supercharged fun night of Christmas partying. Featuring Bollywood dancers, high-end Bollywood DJ Roadshow, Bolly Bingo, Best Bollywood Dress Contest, Henna Artist, Bollywood Cocktails and Mocktails, plus much, much more. The Bollywood Christmas Party Night, Saturday the 15th of December, 7pm till midnight at the Grand Hotel Gosforth Park. For more information, log on at bollywoodball.com. You can WhatsApp us on 07881-988-988 or search us out on Facebook. Have you heard about the latest wedding and events venue in town? The Newbridge Hotel in the heart of Newcastle City Centre is now available for Asian weddings, celebrations and events. The Newbridge Hotel's newly refurbished Granger Suite has a capacity of up to 400 guests. And the Time Suite is the perfect setting for a welcome drinks reception. We are fully equipped for your choice of caterer to work from our kitchens. And we'll also provide all your crockery, cutlery, glassware and linen. The Newbridge Hotel. Newbridge Newcastle, offering a unique, unforgettable experience for your big day. For more information, get in touch with our dedicated wedding coordinator on 0191 250 5400 or email sales at the Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. Spice FM, ninety-eight point eight FM.
You're listening to Mentally Sound here on Spice FM.
Now, I know if you've listened to the show regularly, you'll know that I've played that song already before, but it's just such a classic, and still, I maintain, has the best guitar solo in the land. Um, obviously, Guns N' Roses was Sweet Child of Mine, and we played Cindy Law by I can't think why the, the, the title is relevant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's subliminal. Who knows? And it maybe it's referring to our next guest. Nice segue. Um, but, yeah, and obviously, I wanted to play Girls Which Want to Have Fun, because I thought it would be a nice tribute to my daughter, obviously. Well, so. that's quite relevant as um, well. Yeah, because yeah, she has fun keeping us up. But yeah, so um a hugely great interview um with Graham and whatnot and it's fantastic to know that people there are people out there who just go and do something and uh, and make something happen and like obviously I know um you know and we say this as humble as possible but you know the fact that we continuously do this show and I don't know if Ricky feels like this but every time we do sort of do this show now every time I, I said this when I did an interview for a podcast last night um, and I find myself going it just is I, I have I, I don't feel any real like a huge pressure doing nope. this show anymore nope. and it's really nice like you know I, d- I want the pressure to do well you bang on but yeah. um, but it just it's really like um, a, a privilege to do it compared and, um, to how particularly I was like in the beginning <laughs> yeah. and, you, and you can back me up yeah. on this how yeah. like n- a nervous wreck I was and, and now I <laughs> now like you know we had a three week gap since the last show and I was Itching for it to come back I again, know. like well, it's been too long. Luckily, it worked out for me, but uh, but yeah, but uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. It does feel weird when it's a five week month, absolutely, and mm. and also just I thought you were going to say how it was like when we first started doing it as well because it was very hectic at the beginning, and it's just nice that like well, I was more of a background person, yeah. Then, so you know what it was, yeah. You know, most of all, what it'd been like. Um, but we we're just finding our roots and whatever and everything else. But um, mm. yeah, anyway, it's just a real. Inj- it's I've, I've really enjoyed doing this show. It's uh, so far, it's uh, been excellent. I hope you have too as well. One of the things I forgot to. Say, um, throughout the shows, um, but I, you listen to this regularly, you know, you know the the um, Twitter handle by now. Uh, thank you for the retweets we've had so far. But we're at underscore mentally sound on Twitter. If you have any um, questions, um, I have it open on the page next to me. So if you um, our next guest, for example, uh, which is Dan Flanagan from uh, Dadless Soul, who's waiting online patiently, we'll talk to him in a second. Uh, yeah, so if you have any questions of him, for example, it's at underscore mentally sound, and we will ask him um, while we interview him. But um, we'll not keep him any longer because he's waiting patiently on the phone right now. So Dan, can you hear us? I can, loud and clear, fellas. How are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you. How are you yourself? I'm, it's glorious. I'm sat in a little cafe by the beach. <laughs> oh, uh, God, with, very With a friend, uh, actually doing some work. So All right. Life is good. <laughs> Great. Where, can, you, can you say which beach, or is that like yeah, a top secret? Uh, well, <laughs> in, um, I live in a place called Worthing, which is West Sussex. Oh, yeah. But, okay. um, I'm actually in home at Batboy Slim's Cafe to drop a little name. Oh. All right. Because he's a wonderful father. Yeah. He's got this beautiful cafe right on the beach. It has a play park and a big boating lake yeah. right by the sea. And it, it's normally sort of congregated uh, by families. And he's just done a really lovely thing. It's a really nice community spot. So I came down here to meet another dad that's doing some very good things, a guy called Dave Perrin, mm-hmm. who runs a school for dads. Great. So for you dads that have just becoming fathers and you know rather than going to NCT and feeling like a uh, a bit of a left out mm-hmm. he gets groups of dads together gives you lessons on how to be a father but you just do it in the pub <laughs> fair enough that's not, that, that sounds like a good nice, good, good thing to me I'm, I'm in I'm in but <laughs> tell me when um but no, no, it's fantastic. Um, so I'll be, um, as as I mentioned, because um, I I say who's on the show at the beginning of the show, so he had to talk about Dadless Soul, which sounds um really interesting. It's an initiative for dads and their kids, encouraging more interaction and 
and loneliness, which is obviously, uh, particularly at this time of year, a huge, huge issue. Um, yeah. So do you want to tell us about, like, you know, why that plan entered your mind yeah. and how it started? Um, it goes back donkey's years, to be honest. Um, I, in the 70s and 80s, my dad brought myself and three kids up, uh, three my sisters up on his own. And there weren't any sort of single, but the single parent groups were very, very different there. There certainly wasn't any support for dad. Yeah. Um, so I saw, saw firsthand the struggles he went through. And I think back then, the idea of dad's play date would have been a side room in the pub. Yeah. They would have given you a packet of crisps and a Coke and the fellas would have mm-hmm. been, you know, next door. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward 30 odd years and I was a senior analyst for a media agency doing very well but I realised I was leaving very early in the morning getting home just about enough to put my son to bed that even when he was going to sleep I'd still be on my phone looking at client emails mm-hmm. and then my, my dad passed away and had loads of other sort of uh, issues and it came to a massive climax where I caught chicken box for two weeks wow. uh, for the second time and Adam chicken, chicken box is bad yeah, chicken pox as a grown-up. You can die, can't you? Yeah. It was you get him in some very odd places. Put it yeah. that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is dangerous. Um, yeah. No, it did. You itch everywhere. But <laughs> during that period, um, I realised that I played with my son more than I had done in months. Yeah, and he was really happy to have me around. So, yeah, accommodation things. I ended up leaving my job, and starting something new where it would be a bit more sort of family flexible hours yeah because I was just for the first three years of his life I was a bit of a, a bystander yeah I'd have him at a weekend and I'd try and figure out how to connect with him yes and I'd forgotten how to play so my, my answer then was to buy him stuff because then I'd be really cool when he'd love me yeah um, what kids actually want is somebody that's around that can play with those toys yes not just buy them toys mm-hmm. so um, I run a, a social enterprise <coughs> called Top Rockin' Beats, which puts on afternoon raves. Mm-hmm. Um, through that, I was meeting a lot more dads. And I think, I've got all this equipment, I've got a sound system, I've got soft play, I've got Lego. But every weekend when I go down to the park or soft play, I'm just seeing dads on the sideline. Yes. Um, there's nowhere for us. So I started this group, and the first one was in Brighton. We got 15 dads and 20 kids around to my mate's office to get over had beatbox battles, DJ battles, and just went nuts. And it was really lovely to see the dads, um, first of all, they were very nervous. Yes. You know, but then after a while, everybody's playing. You've got these big hulking fellas sitting down having a tea party or, you know, doing a game with somebody else's child and nobody's batting an eyelid. Yeah. Um, Normally, if you go to these sort of play dates, they're organised by, you know, your wife or your partner Mm -hmm. and you're on the outskirts because you don't really know the people. You don't necessarily have anything in common with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a bit awkward. Yeah. Now we are up to group, uh, sorry, event number 10. We get 50, 60, 70 dads and kids every month. Great. Um, and we do a different theme. So <laughs> we've had a stand-up comedian come in. Great. showed us how to uh, tell jokes, and then we had a dad versus kid joke competition. <laughs> um we did a dad jam where all the dads brought in their instruments and we ended up really ruining lots of great songs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, got, um, we had a dad that makes films, so he came in and actually showed us actually how to make films on our mobile phones. Yeah. 
the idea being, you know, next time it's, it's a Sunday afternoon, it's pelting down with rain, and the kids are driving you nuts, rather than sitting in, in front of the TV, go, right, we're actually going to make a film, because we know how to do it now. So you're in charge of costumes, you're in charge of storyboarding, mm. and we're going to do some editing. And we just create these wonderful environments where the dads can make some friends, the kids can make some friends. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you go to, um, like, other dad groups, which would be sing and sign at the local library. But essentially, they're quite dull. Yeah. Uh, this, because it's kind of child-led and uh, dad-led as well, mm-hmm. there's something there for everybody. So there's a couple of hours on a Saturday you think well, I could be down the park on my own, or it's a uh, soft play surrounded by people on their mobile phones. Um, now I'm not. I'm going to build a Lego tower. I'm going to learn how to beatbox, or I'm going to show them how I used to be notorious graffiti artist 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Are you got some uh, hi, hi, Dan. It's Ricky here. Thanks for hi, agreeing Dan. to do this. Um, <clears throat> that's a really interesting backstory there. So, um, did you did you look at um, as you say, there wasn't anything around for dads around then when when yeah. <coughs> when when your when your child was born. Did you did you therefore model yourselves on the mums and toddler groups, or <coughs> did you want something uh, a little bit different? Something a bit different because mm-hmm. um, the groups that I had been to, mm-hmm. I was one of the <coughs> only few dads that were there, and it was quite awkward. Mm-hmm. But also, they were they're good. I don't want to knock them, mm-hmm. but they, they can be a bit cheesy. Mm-hmm. So you kind of you tend to switch off a little bit because mm-hmm. I was fortunate to have a, a decent sound system and some decent activities. Mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to make something a bit more credible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a bit. You know, if you go to these groups and you tend to have little cliques of people. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have the cool mums and then you have the quiet mums in there. <laughs> Us, there's nothing because we all felt really awkward coming in the first time. Yeah, the lads tend to look after the other lads. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. there's none of that, which yeah. is really nice. And do you do you find with the other dads that you <coughs> meet and come across, do they are there issues within them? Like, do do you recognise sort of because you know there's, there's been recent um, um, talking up talk about that the, the dads often feel have, have a sort of a postnatal depression themselves when Absolutely. when the kids are yeah. um, There's a range. Once you get into conversations, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the first to be able to stick my hand up. And say, you know, what? How horrible I used to, you know, feel when I missed sports day, mm. or I couldn't get child-friendly hours mm-hmm. um, because I was commuting. And once you open up, <coughs> other people tend to open up. Mm. So there's some guys that are, we met one dad that uh, you know actually stu- suffered from postnatal depression, mm-hmm. and we got onto that subject after talking about old school hip hop. All right. So because we'd broken down the barriers just by finding other things in common. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, you know, I stuck my hand up and I used to really struggle with this or struggle with that. Men don't normally talk about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But if you're brave enough to start those conversations and, you know, show your, a bit of your vulnerable side, <coughs> it gives yeah. other people a license to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking about that in the previous interview that we did t- earlier today. It was about, um, you know, a couple of people who had done, like, a, an art project and a music uh, project about, like, sort of letting people express themselves and one of the the guests pointed out that there we were there was at one point five people in the studio, so it was me and Ricky and three guests. 
and we're all of different ages talking about mental health and I think that's powerful because as you quite rightly pointed out I think um, it is one of the stereotypes that that probably is based in some sort of truth is that um, you know men I, I would say of a particular generation um, just didn't um, didn't open up about their, their struggles and and it is now I resonate with this this I resonate with this subject matter a lot recently because I mean my my baby's only eight days old um, no nine days old and um, I already I've already found due to the way that the process is is that as you said it's kind of accepted that dads should just have a side role in a lot of in a lot of situations um, and I find it for someone who's a, a who's a, a proprietor of talking about mental health and and as I'm so pleased Ricky mentioned post um you know the postnatal depression side of things because it is it is an overwhelming um you know thing to deal with your life completely changes and it is all precated on like you know when the midwife comes or the health visitor they never ask the father how they're doing mm -hmm. um Absolutely. and i and i find that worrying because um it is you know if you're in it because it's all hindered on like well they're either by themselves or if they're in a couple they're by themselves with a plus one whereas i fortunately have a partner who is very understanding about that and is very self-aware and often says well this is a two-way situation you know she, she has two parents and i'm just yeah. curious the reason i'm telling you all this is that like um was that experience similar for you and um, when it when your um when your kids first started um being born in everything else at the no, beginning I, I was my son actually turned up quite early mm -hmm. um so we we had one nct group and then he was um born quite prematurely okay so then my wife was um quite ill with preeclampsia i see so for the first couple of days, you know, I was doing the first knee, uh, the first feeding and nappy change and stuff like that. So, but I had no clue how to do it. But fortunately, that the midwife that was there, she was really understanding mm -hmm. because I was quite embarrassed that I didn't know what I was doing. And I thought, I've read the books, I should know this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be a good dad. Yeah. And actually, all it, it fell apart when it came for me to actually step on the pitch and have a game, yes. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Yeah. And there was nobody to to ask because it's kind of assumed that you should know these things. Yeah. And you've got broad shoulders, get on with it, stop moaning. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it, the reality is very different. Mm -hmm. Whereas I, I, I just find um, in my mind, I mean, it's, I know it's limiting, but I've I've talked to other parents like yourselves, and and I do see an alarming like sort of double standard. And I mean, I it it, it does make sense. I mean, just to clarify, I think to be to be fair, um, you know, to, to the other side of the coin about mams and how the approach is, particularly you know, like with through the NHS and everything else, is you can completely understand their logic of focusing on the mother because they go through the process of having a baby for nine months and and their body changes and the hormones and everything else but um like my partner who is a very you know very wise about this thing is is always always saying to me but she 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 even says that the double standard exists in the sense of that okay you can deal with the physical things but i guess what we're talking is the emotional the emotional side of of having a child and and also like you say um to go back to the play groups because that's what you here to talk about is that yeah I already am starting to say like my partner's going well I'm going to take her to this I'm going to take her to this I'm going to take her to this and I'm like where am I going to take her like can I not yeah. be involved in that process and so is that really the sort of um, crux of why you decided to do what you were doing 
pretty much. I just got fed up of I am um, when I moved to a new town. I was quite lonely anyway, and it's a bit difficult as a middle-aged man to stick your hand up and go. I've got no friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I wasn't around. I was working all the time. Exactly. That yeah. was my job as a yeah. provider. Yeah. Um, where I sort of quit and went self-employed, so I could have more flexibility in it. I've got more time to sort of invest in the community. But then you also come against these horrible stereotypes where. I used to take my son out and people go, oh, aren't you a good boy for babysitting and taking, <laughs> uh, giving mum some data? <laughs> oh. You're thinking, oi, love, <clears throat> no, I'm a parent. Yeah, I'm a dad, um, you know, I'm, I'm a son. Then you come across the other challenges where you take your, your child shopping and all the changing facilities are in women's toilets. Yeah, I was th- I, I said exactly the same thing. It's, ch- it's, it's changed, thankfully, in some places I've noticed that it's now a unisex changing room. Like, um, but yeah. still, I remember. Yeah, it used to be mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. You have to. I was quite fortunate where you know, if I needed to change a nappy, I just kind of, I've got kind of thick skin. Yeah. But for people maybe that aren't so confident, yeah. what are you going to do? You know, yeah. take him in the gents on a dirty floor. I don't yeah. think so. Somehow. Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 you. That's a very, very good point because I, I. I find myself in my in 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 my experience saying that you know see I I find myself at least strong-willed enough to sort of hold my own defence and say I I'm doing the best that I want to be involved in my child's life as much as possible so it's not a case of like you know me, me being neglectful and and in your situation it was the same thing you know you were doing what what you know you were providing but the fact that you want to do more you shouldn't be punished for that you know it, it, it you know if you're in you've got all these boundaries and you're trying to say look I actually want to be involved in this person's life and etc and all that sort of stuff and like it just you're you're up against all these barriers all the time it's it's, it's quite frustrating um, people see you as a bit of a lesser man as well yes. especially if you take a step back and then you're you know you my it, we worked out uh, really nicely for us because my wife was able to go back to work full time and do a career that she'd put off for several years mm-hmm. while I was starting my first business and you know the first few years of childhood yes um, but actually she's ultimately more qualified than I am and she had a you know fantastic brain and a fantastic gift of what she could do. Yeah. So she could go off and bring the money in. Yeah. Whereas I was able to work from home and have a flexibility and do the school runs and take the pressure off that way. But then it's like, you know, you're, you're not a proper man doing that, are you? <laughs> well, I, I hope in the 21st century mm-hmm. we can say that actually that's been a responsible <clears throat> parent, and it doesn't matter you you know if you're a mom or a dad. Um, no, I know, but you yeah. see the, the, the sort of the sarky comments. Yes. No, no. No, absolutely. It's changing. Yeah, it, I hope it's changing. Yeah, but I, but as I, I think the thing that we're both agreeing on is that there's still there's still snippets of it. I mean, I mean, I used to get, I used to get irritated going to the appointments even before my baby was here. Of like, they would say like, oh well, the guy can do that, and I'm like, well, it's the 21st century. I don't wait. Do I like like really? Is that you know like well, you can look after the like, and I'm like, well, yeah, but it's a, if you want to. You know, I was. That's what I say. I, I'm so pleased that I have a partner that we can talk about these things. Is that we we often we try and make sure that it's a balanced thing. Um, you, you know, it it shouldn't be that it um you put uh, which is kind of what you were been saying is you you know you're pushed into a particular corner of you have to behave this way and it 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 gets very frustrating because you're like, well, I don't want to, um, be yeah. necessarily the standard that you've put on me. I want to do it my own way and um in the way that I think makes sense. So, and it's also that it's been a bit the long term benefits will show yes. that the, the kids in years to come they'll have a much stronger foundation they'll Absolutely. have lots of issues yeah. um, rather than having you know 
maybe a father that um, you know is working on. But we have in the group we we've got you know stepdads that are trying to get to learn, mm-hmm. um, you know, to get along with somebody else's children. We've got blended families. Yeah. We've got dads that we've got a, a dad that's going through the adoption process. Mm-hmm. Your dads that only see their kids every couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. they're all having these different challenges. But there is no you know, safe space to actually have a conversation because your dad, you should know about it. Just get on with it. Yeah. Uh, one last question for you, Dan. Um, yeah. In regards to the future of Dadless All, what, what, what lies in store? Are you hoping to inspire other groups around the country to, to model themselves on yours? Or or would yeah, you like would you like dad, it's Dadless All itself to become, you know, the main... Um, ideally, um, the, well, the plan, because we, we're a... A non-profit, mm-hmm. so we're working on a funding bit at the moment to launch, launch in four to six other areas next year. Okay. At a minimum. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that I can take all this stuff that I've learned over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. almost put it into a little box, mm-hmm. and then give it to Dad. Mm-hmm. And say, right, this is it. Because we've um, the, the Huffington Post. I think that's where you found me. They yeah. did a little documentary on us. Yeah, yeah, I saw the video. Uh, yeah. We've had inquiries from France, uh, Brixton, oh. Yorkshire. Okay. Um, all over the country of people desperately needing this sort of stuff but I've got to have some time to figure out exactly what yeah. it is yeah. get the foundation set so it, it makes it much easier for the uh, other dads that want to start mm-hmm. but maybe don't have the additional time or resources mm-hmm. that they need they okay. can just take this off the shelf and mm-hmm. so the idea is we build a national network of it and then we're working on a, a weekend festival for the end of August, which will be the UK's first festival of fatherhood. Great. So a weekend with 450 dads and kids. <laughs> sounds good. All the activities you want. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. So is there, are you have, do you have a social media presence? How can people find out more yeah. information? If you find us, um, Dadless Dole and Top Rockin', the other one, he's getting his own website. But at the moment, it's under Don't Believe the Hype UK mm-hmm. on Facebook. Yep. And DBTH Tribe on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. yeah. Don't believe the hype is the the other side of what I do, which is a magazine for dads. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so there's, there's got 18 dads around the country writing their stories and sharing their experiences, whether it's you know film reviews, how we're beaten up by toddlers. Um, <laughs> we had a big series about mental health yeah. where we had some quite revealing stories. With you know what you see on the face of it, successful dads are actually sharing what goes on behind the scenes. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, c- congratulations, Dan. It sounds like a fantastic project, and it's something I'm only starting to see the the, the beginnings of, is that um, I hope your initiative takes off. And it sounds like, based on what you've told us, is that you've got definitely um, grounds for to get like, some so funding, funding to, really do, important, it? It? Yeah. Yeah, to go across the country and stuff mm-hmm. like that and start stuff in other places, particularly being non-profit. So congratulations. It sounds like a great initiative. And um, I'm, um, on behalf of Dads, thank you for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's really lovely. We'll put the end of the last weekend in August in the diary okay. and you can come down and be my guest at our festival great thank oh, you wow. we'll, okay. we'll um, please remind us of that because we're not great at remembering stuff but um, maybe just drop if us a line later because nice, you've just had a child I can forgive you yeah <laughs> exactly yeah she'll only be like um, nine months or something then so yeah so <laughs> um, yeah but it sounds like fun we'll definitely come and, uh, and uh, see you it sounds like a fantastic event so congratulations again and it was lovely talking to you and if you're ever up in these neck of the woods Dan drop by the studio yep. sometime we'd love to chat to you well, I'd love to take something up north. Um, yeah. Yeah, the idea is to start these conversations, maybe show people that it's, it doesn't have to be the way that it's always mm-hmm. been. It's all right to break down some barriers. Mm-hmm. 
and for dads to have a little bit of control on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Right, thanks so much, yeah. Dan. Um, have right, a good rest of the day. Enjoy the beach. And uh, we will, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, as as them um, don't believe the hype tweeted actually because we retweeted them. It says um, we should always have uh, a new feature idea: Dan's cafe chat um, <laughs> by SA chat. That's a good idea. That's yeah. a good idea. Um, so we'll I get can, yeah, I can just nip round different cafes. Yeah, and yeah. talk to you. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. Just that. give us a call, and he'd be like, "I'm now at the such and such cafe." This isn't the only only cafeteria is <laughs> run by musicians. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this isn't a plug, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not advertising this cafe, but I'm. At the such and such in Brighton, and it's amazing. And, uh, <laughs> and just give me another plate of chips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's a pleasure talking to you, Dan. Steve, Cheers, and, Dan. Uh, 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 the fight, yes, you too. And uh, it's called Dan Lasol. Uh, obviously, check it out on Don't Believe the Hype, like you mentioned. Um, thanks so much to Dan for joining us uh, on the phone. Um, Cheers, like, yeah, thanks. Bye. Cheers. Um, so yeah, I tell you what we do because um, we obviously pressed for time, and Heather's been waiting greatly. Um, we thought we just talk straight into talking to you if that's oh, okay wow, yeah. um <laughs> because um yeah i, I could have just like played a song or whatever but we might as well just go right through till two o'clock so mm-hmm. yeah. um so anyway so yes so as I, i've already mentioned that you guys were on the show because we've had you on before yeah. um as in the and uh, northumberland domestic abuse services them um, so heather pringle joins us now who is the monitoring and development officer which um i always love the way i love titles of people <laughs> yeah because like, yeah, i always want to do the yeah i want to do the inverted commas and like yeah what does that mean um but but I'm sure we'll get to that. So yeah, as we mentioned, which we're really sad to hear about because we're big fans of this service, because um, we talked, we've talked at length about this before. Because we know, like GP, you get referred for GPs who domestic abuses that there's a problem. The, the service might have to shut down without more funding. Um, so obviously going to talk about that. But first of all, thank you Heather for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, so I guess let's just let's just open with straight off the bat about when what the situation is um and why why the appeal needs to be made yeah so um Northumberland domestic abuse services we cover the whole of the county providing domestic abuse support um one on one for anyone affected by domestic abuse so that's men women children um, we also do quite important work in schools, which is mm-hmm. prevention work with young people, um, raising awareness about what's healthy and unhealthy in relationships, which at the moment I think is a particularly important mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately, yeah, we are facing closure for next year, um, which would bring an end to all of the, the great work that we do across the county. And we are appealing to people far and wide to support us um, because without without our organisation, essentially a lot of people will be left without um, that place to turn to or mm-hmm. those people to speak to in times of, of absolute crisis. So. I mean, it was it was Maggie, I think, back in March, I think, yeah. when she came yeah, along with Chelsea. Yeah. Do you know yeah. Chelsea? Yeah. So, I mean, it, she stressed at the time, as you just have now, about how important the services are, particularly in that part of the region, because in rural areas, it, the services are really sparse to get to, aren't they? They're really difficult. So, we were really gutted to hear that about the you know the threat of closure. What, what was is it? What, what what led to this? Was it just funding just kind of got cut or yeah we're an independent charity so yeah, yeah. we rely entirely on on big grants from from various okay. donors and i mean the climate is pretty desperate yeah. um as everyone probably well knows so yeah mm-hmm. we've just lost out on a big chunk of funding okay um but yeah as you say i think especially where we are and especially because we we're mm-hmm. covering um all of the rural areas in northumberland mm-hmm. where about 49 percent of our population live in rural areas yeah. um so it's it's a hugely important thing there where people might not um, actually see people from week to week you might mm. not go to any services where anybody else might pick up on issues or you have the opportunity mm. to speak to anybody so our outreach and our presence there is is really important we're mm. up against social exclusion and isolation and 
um, and lots of stigma. There's still lots of taboos around domestic abuse. So there's a list of things that you've asked in terms of help. One of them is to asking people who have been referred to before to make like videos and post them. Yeah. How does how do things like that help and what? what sort of context? Yeah, so we're asking for um, anybody who's been in contact <coughs> with the organisation at all, not necessarily people who've used our services, but other organisations in the county or further afield who either refer into us or have done partnership work or mm. have received training from us, because one of the big things that we do is go out and mm. um, deliver training to other professionals so people are kind of like upskilled and, and aware of what, what to look out for in terms of domestic abuse. And so they're like the sort of testimonials yeah, to appeal exactly, to yeah. as far many as people that write yeah. you guys are important. Yeah. Just letting people yeah have, have their say and say what it is that's important about NDAS and you know what mm -hmm. the future might look like without us there. So, mm -hmm. And the idea of that is just that it really kind of reinforces that we've had a massive impact actually mm -hmm. across the county and lots of mm -hmm. other organisations. Yeah, if you actually, around, yeah, you if know. they actually are willing to fill themselves and showcase what, how, how that you guys have helped, I think that will showcase that there are, you know, the, the the loss that would happen if you yeah, weren't around exactly, that. Yeah, yeah. That, I can see the principle. I'm curious because I used to work in sort of the grant field because mm. um, I think there's an interesting distinction to make. Is it a case of that you lost the grant in terms of if you were able to say this, obviously we can't, that's fine, but I'm just curious as in, did you lose it in relation to it was a budget cut or did they did they say that the money was going to somewhere else? No, it wasn't a budget cut. It was just that the priorities shift. You know, big yes. donors, they just change their priorities oh, year, I see. year on year. And oh, I, I, mean, see. I think we've received funding, um, big lottery funding in the past. And yeah, the priorities change. They're looking to fund more partnership work and more sustainable yeah. um, mm. networks and organisations, mm. which is, you know, it's true. Yeah. It's important. And yeah. that's a, it's a big learning for us as well. I see. We, you know. So it's such a thing where I guess every charity, every organisation makes their annual kind of, I don't know, list of all the, the good things and you have to pe I think they have to do this annually don't they to, to all the, fundra to the re run fundraisers and donors as to why this is important yeah. and I guess e as each year goes on it has to get better and better and, and therefore I guess now testimonies of such sort that you were talking about kind of yeah. makes the impact bigger doesn't it it does exactly I think we're trying to put and, and kind of put people's individual voices to that as well you mm -hmm. know kind of just reinforce the fact that there are lots and lots of individuals who've been affected by us mm -hmm. and um, in lots of different ways and we have a great media company um, Shortech and they're going to put all the videos together for us and it's in okay. feature length so they've put together one specifically around children and young people which was great mm. and it's just kind of hits you with some stats but then also it's got some people speaking mm. out about what the services look like um, so they've been kind of releasing them throughout the week it's Domestic Abuse Awareness Week this yeah. week um, which is why it's fab that we're here mm. um, so yeah it's just about kind of like getting that collective voice together really with all these different different people's perspectives I guess another thing that would make it would be interesting for people to hear if they want to help as well I guess your own personal experience doing your job I mean how long have you been in your particular um, work, as yeah. it were? Um, so I've been with NDAS for over a year now, but I was doing a lot of comms and media and um, different work like that from remotely because I, I was studying from uh, studying last year. So mm. I was doing that from further afield. I've kind of come back in the last couple of months to take over some of the development work. So um, for me to come in, come back into the organisation at this point, I mean, mm. It blows my mind, really. I mean, this is—it's obviously—it's an issue for Northumberland and for mm -hmm. our region, but this is—you know—it's a national issue, isn't it? Really, and we mm -hmm. cannot allow services such as NDAS, who have specialists, trained mm -hmm. staff, and have a great outreach, um, to to close. They just cannot accept. I that can't imagine anything worse if you're a if you're a victim and and you're looking for that next step of help, and and as, as local services get shut down, they get further afield, and you you, you kind of think, well, I'm trapped. It sort of feels more inferior then mm -hmm. I was I was I was curious as well as to how 
how independent people in organisations might help. You were asking before about people who've kind of been referred and so forth. How can someone who just out there who just cares? How, how can such yeah. such a person help? Um, I think anybody can can get involved, and I think that's part of what we're trying to push is that we we've got a lot of different stuff on our website. People can sign petitions. It doesn't matter where you are in the country. Oh, you the could petition sign. online is there. Yeah, right? we've okay. just launched that this week, so we've got um, okay. a few different ways you can get involved. You can write to your local MP just to kind of appeal them mm-hmm. to get on to get on board. Um, mm. Also, sign our petition, and that could be anyone from anywhere could do that. And it's the same with the videos. I think if you've got a personal connection to end, that's great. But if you just care about the issue, or you've been affected by domestic abuse in any way, right. or just ca- yeah, just really care about the issue and don't yeah. want to see small organisations such as ours close, um, mm-hmm. you can speak out. You can jump on the website, have a look, make a video, and join our Facebook community group, which is open to anybody and anyone cool. can post on there mm-hmm. and share share whatever you like. Mm-hmm. Really. Great. I think we'll try and do what we can because I mean I'm not. I mean I'm fortunate enough that I've never been involved in a domestic abuse situation. But I think as we were, we've been talking about this in every interview we've done today, and obviously in many shows that we done is that um, sometimes it requires society the, the society responsibility to keep things going and mm-hmm. um, you know it doesn't mean that if you're not affected by something that it doesn't matter to the outside yeah. outside community so mm-hmm. um, we'll definitely try uh, try and help in, in any way we can anyway because um, um, again I remember when we first started talking to it was Maggie wasn't mm-hmm. it you said yeah. and um, I thought it was such a great idea because you know what I find the the biggest you know as 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 I was listening to you and Ricky chat to each other is that I found myself going you know there'll be governments or politicians for example and we never talk about politics on this show but I'm mm-hmm. just saying you'll find that when a person goes to a GP or the person who they'll decide to say that this is a domestic abuse issue and then they'll they'll so they'll do I'm I'm thinking of the person who'll do whatever they can to get out of that situation and ask and go. I'm pleading for help. I'm I'm admitting I'm in this situation and I need to get out of it. And there'll be the, them same people who stopped getting the services that they need, but you know ha- making these decisions. Or the same people who'll go, oh look at these people not doing enough. Like you know, oh you, well you know what you need to do. You need to do something about it. But how can you do something about it when the services mm-hmm. aren't there? And mm-hmm. um, that's what I find. A really hard to swallow when you know you'll get these these um, the, the the people who kind of put this circle of well we're going to get rid of the services and then we're going to criticise people who can't get better yeah. um, and I I worry that that's that 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 that's probably the situation we might find ourselves in um, so I mean it, uh, according to, according to my notes you reckon you've got till March 2019 um, yeah at the minute it's looking like end of March yeah yeah funding, so I mean, yeah we're trying so to remain ever hopeful that yeah it'll hopefully I mean like maybe it's going to be one of these things because of having been involved in around some charities before that hopefully mm-hmm. you might get some 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 help by that time is there a specific um, target or I mean how things are, how are things looking since the appeal was launched have you got off to a good start or um yeah I mean we've had lots of support I mean the problem problem is it's it's core costs that we need and I mean as mm. all anybody yeah. working in charities will know that is yeah. the hardest thing to fund. I mean yeah. we've got lots of great projects and it's much easier to pull in those sorts of pots of money but I think to You've keep had some good media coverage I know. We have actually Chronicle uh, and yeah Chronicle the, we're in Channel MP 5 as well. Yes yeah right, Ian Lavery spoke out which was fab yeah so mm. I think anybody with a with a big voice but then also lots of little voices I think yeah. have a massive impact as well so mm. yeah so I think we're just trying to get the word out there as mm. much as possible really. Great. 
Um, well, I really hope it succeeds. Then obviously, um, you know, please go everyone, even in, like social media and various other things. I'm sure that would help, as you said, with Facebook and whatnot. Or I think we, we can we can put a video together, can't we? I'm sure we could. Yeah, yeah. yeah I could, mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure we could. I'm sure we could yeah, come up with something. Think, yeah, yeah, because as I say, like I mean, uh, it, the, the, there's a lot of um, the the great thing about doing this show is when you see all the services that we talk about and have people who yeah. come in to talk about what they do. Um, as I say, it's not. Uh, I think our job is, and I think if you're a caring person even for people who aren't like your family just you know care about society and, and individuals is that you you don't have to have like you resonate with a particular mm, service yeah. to, to to notice its importance and so this is definitely one of these examples where i haven't used your services and um, i've certainly heard of them and um, I've certainly heard of the benefit it has to certain people. We've had examples on this show, so um, I, I don't see. I think it's a, it, it's 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 ridiculous. But obviously, I, I mean, if it's donors, you can argue that what they do with their money is their business potentially. But yeah. but um, you know, why don't why isn't this funded anyway? I I, I guess Absolutely. is maybe the argument uh, that well, it's I. It's so essential because there's also the issue of stigma, isn't there? Um, without the sort of local help and support around, then how would you how would you get past that barrier? Yeah, you're exactly. Trapped, you know, yeah. So if you yeah, if you allow these organisations to disappear, you just silence mm. the topic once yes. more. I think, yeah. and that's absolutely exactly. not mm. some, And that's kind of why having all these collective voices sort of join forces is important. You don't have to necessarily have experienced anything, but it's just about reminding people you can yeah. have an impact. Actually, is, it, is there unfortunately an argument to be made as well? Um, I mean, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but my instinct is telling me is domestic abuse. Uh, uh, very high in this area is it is that an argument to be made that it's also essential because it's a, it's a co- unfortunately a common I think problem Maggie did say it was quite high the rates were high in this region yeah yes. back that up yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and i mean it is definitely worth mentioning now there is a an organization dasan who do receive um council funding we do work closely in partnership with them so mm. it's it's not as if the local authority aren't mm. making any steps towards addressing domestic abuse it's just the demand is such that mm. you know you cannot close one organisation mm-hmm. and expect the other to be able to pick up all, yes, all of what's which is what place. unfortunately when, when it comes to, I mean I, as that's why I asked you about cuts and it, yeah. it isn't in this example, but they usually find that people go well, we'll just cut this and we'll get a, a, a service without really seeing if they can handle the demand, uh, which yeah. is a, your key point. So, can I ask a um, question about this particular time of year, does it affect the rates in some, in some it does, does yeah it? definitely we, remember that story to steve where i told you about you know when during when football matches happen the mm. abuse yeah. rates happen high there yeah what about christmas and the end of year christmas yeah christmas definitely is a time when um when the rates can what are the reasons behind that i mean i think emotions are running high okay. um certainly i think um financial issues probably. financial issues yeah, exactly yeah. there's a lot of pressure yeah. on um families to to obviously to mm. to bring forth the gifts and you know that mm-hmm. that does put a lot of pressure economically on people mm-hmm. i think also there's lots of families being brought together in quite um, uh, tense yeah, yeah. close situations yeah. people are in the house or yeah. or together for for long periods over christmas and i think it's that's not all jolly for every household exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah and sometimes yeah. when you're brought together in those situations mm-hmm. things can flare up mm-hmm. so i think it's right. important at this time of year that we yeah we acknowledge mm-hmm. it's an issue. And Great, we have yeah. to wrap things up now. We've got literally one minute left. So all uh, that leaves me to say is that it's social media, um, your website. Um, yeah, www.nda.services. Great. And um, you can you can just get through on social media and everything else. Yeah. So we got we'll put it on our social media as well. Great. Be right, so yeah. we've got 30 seconds left. All that leaves me to say is a huge thank you to the following, to Alice Fisher from Changing Lives, talking about the reverse advent calendar, to Graham from Down by the River and Bino from RTS Projects, and Steve, great musician. He's going to be on Geekpocalypse probably. Uh, Dad Flanagan, who's the founder of Dad Soul, who's in the phone interview, and Heather Pringle from um, D- um, Northumberland Domestic Abuse Services, who just joined us now. Uh, thank you for listening to Mentally Sound. We'll be here in two weeks' time. There'll be a lot of podcasts 
podcast being released now. Possible now that three my hour slot next three time. hour slot for the next Christmas one because it's our Christmas special. But we'll leave you out with uh, Swedehead by Morrissey and we'll play some ads. And we'll see you in two weeks' time on Mentally Sound on Spice FM. Thanks, guys. Bye.